0: All right, so on Father's Day, I like to start with a few dad jokes. Is that okay with you guys? You know, you're kind of expecting that, right? Of all the inventions of the last 100 years, I think the dry erase boards are probably the most remarkable. (laughs) I need a drummer. (laughs) Did you hear that Elon Musk is opening a restaurant in outer space? Supposed to have great food, but no real atmosphere recently my friend told me cheer up man it could be worse you could be stuck underground in a hole full of water I know he means well (laughs) last one I promise sometimes I use words I don't understand just so I sound more photosynthesis (laughs) all right well today I tried folks it's the best I got you know Today we're going to wrap up our series, Guardians of the Family, and uh, since it is Father's Day, I want to talk specifically to dads. Uh, I want to talk about what it means to be a man of God. Our culture is so confused right now. Uh, what is a man? What is a woman? Uh, how is gender determined? It is really hard to believe that we're having these conversations, but, uh, but we are, and it's, it's where we are in the world today. Uh, and so I want to talk today about what is a man, but not just what is a man. What is a man of God? Uh, and you know the roles of men have over the years been undermined and confused to the extent that many are wondering what it really is to be a good man, to be a godly man. Uh, I'm Gen X. When I grew up, uh, you you had these pictures, you had these examples of manly men, of, of, of men who kind of set the tone. I'm not saying that they were necessarily godly leaders, but they were, it set a picture of the kind of uh, leaders that we were looking for, and I, and I just pulled some pictures uh, this week to, to show you. Uh, the first one here, anybody know who this is? Who's that? Okay, John Wayne, but who is it in this, this show? Who? Reuben but he goes by nickname Rooster Cogburn, right? Rooster Cogburn, and of course the movie is? True Grit, that's right. Anyhow, I, I grew up thinking John Mann was the most manly man on the planet, right? Uh, loved him, the, uh, amen, Roger says. <laughs> Roger still has a picture of John Wayne hanging in his office, you know? All right, let's look at the next guy here. Of course, we all know, and now who's that, you know? Andy Griffith, but he played what character? Andy Taylor, that's right. And of course, I mean, you know, just a great, wholesome dad. Next. Ah, remember, who's this? Ben Cartwright, Lorne Green, that's right. And of course, the show was? Bonanza. I can still hear that theme song playing in my mind, right? Loved Bonanza, great show. Next one here, oh, now everybody knows this. Yeah, who's this? Michael Landon, he played? Pa, I don't know, he probably had a flirt, <laughs> he had a first name, I don't know what it was, you know, Pa Ingalls, that's right. Now this one's a little different, you know, but you know, this is my childhood, I remember this was kind of a picture of manhood, right? Yeah, who's this, what's his name? The Fonz, what's his full name? Arthur Fonzarelli, that's right, <laughs> absolutely, hey, all right, and then of course my favorite, his picture's hanging in my office. There we go. You know, his philosophy was peace through strength. Right? It it was good for ruling the world, and it's good for ruling the home as well. You know, you know, peace through strength. So, I'm not saying that these men were all good and they were all godly and did everything right. But you know what? They 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 created a picture of kind of manliness. Then I toyed with the idea of saying, "Well, what if I put pictures up today of what the images of manhood on television are today?" And I chose against that. Okay, uh, it's sad. Uh, it's sad uh, the way men are portrayed in television and movies uh, today. Um, you know, the the men that I showed you were men who were strong. They had character. They stood up for those who were knocked down. They led their families uh, with wisdom. They taught their children right from wrong. And uh, today. The images that we see of fatherhood on television and movies, you know, typically are weak men, absent minded, skirt chasing, let the kids rule the house. It's just kind of a a sad commentary. And over time, I believe that that has influenced a generation of young men who don't know what it really means to be a man or to be a man of God and how men should behave. So we're going to talk about that today. You know, in Micah chapter 6, verse 8, God gives a good summary. Uh, of a man of God and how a man of God should behave. It says, he has told you, O man, what is good. What does the Lord require of you but to do justice, to love kindness, and to walk humbly with your God? This verse connects our faith with our actions. You know, We're to do justice. It's part of what we do. It isn't something we just have. We do it. We're to care for those in need. It's a part of what it means to walk with God. We walk in humility, we see here in the text. When I think of a good biblical example of this kind of man, you know, the, the person that popped out in my mind this week was Abraham. Uh, Abraham you know, was, was a man of God. He wasn't a perfect man. He made some mistakes, but he was a great example of a man who walked by faith and who trusted God. Ultimately, we know that Abraham became the father of many nations in fact, he's called Father Abraham, right? That's just that's his name. One day, Abraham was sitting in the shade of a tree in the heat of the day when the Lord and two angels appeared to him. Uh, immediately, Abram uh, jumped up and, and uh, got them, uh, washed their feet, and got them some water and had Sarah begin to bake some bread and asked one of his servants to go out and kill an animal to, to, to make it for them. Uh, what we have here this is what's known as a Christophany, this is a pre incarnate. Uh, appearance of Christ. I believe that Jesus Christ was the one here who was talking with Abraham. and It says that the Lord had come down to evaluate Sodom uh, and the wickedness that that city was involved in. And so We're going to pick up the story there in Genesis chapter 18, beginning in verse 16. It says, when the men got up to leave, they looked down towards Sodom and Abraham walked along with them to see them on their way. Then the Lord said, shall I hide from Abraham what I'm about to do? Abraham will surely become a great and powerful nation, and all nations on earth will be blessed through him. For I have chosen him so that he will direct his children and his household after him to keep the way of the Lord by doing what is right and just, so that the Lord will bring about for Abraham what he has promised to him. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come before you this morning, and God, we desire to hear from you. God today we want to understand what scripture says about being a man of God to be a man of character to be a man of faith God I pray for the men of this church God that we would rise up and be the men that you've called us to be to lead our families well to lead in our vocations well to lead in our churches well to lead in our country God that we would be we would be men that follow the example of Abraham. So, Father, I pray this morning that you would just bless our time as we read your Word, as we study, and uh, God, I pray that each person here, Lord, that you would speak to their hearts. And Lord, maybe if there's an area of their life where they could do a little better, that God, I pray that today you just uh, draw that to their attention. So, Lord, we dedicate these next few moments unto you in Jesus' name, Amen. So, you know. My point in this passage is not to talk to you today about the wickedness of Sodom and Gomorrah, although there was terrible wickedness in those cities. I want you to see that the Lord commended Abraham uh, because of the way that he was living and what he was doing. He was a godly man. I think Abraham serves as a really good example for us as men to follow. And uh, so I wanna share with you just some things that kind of came out to me as I studied this week. Three characteristics of a man of God. You can take notes on the app or you want to write them down, you can, but three characteristics of a man of God. Number one, a man of God steps into God's calling for his life. We see here in verse 19, uh, the Lord speaking says, for I have chosen him. God chose Abraham and I believe that God speaks and chooses and calls us today. And if we look at the specific areas where God chose Abraham, it says to walk closely with the Lord. Uh, He was practicing obedience and offering uh, ourselves basically as as living sacrifice. Those are the kind of characteristics of a man of God. God called Abraham. In fact, we have a, a record of God's calling in Abraham's life. If you go back to Genesis chapter 12, it says the Lord had said to Abraham, Abraham Go from your country, your people and your father's household, to the land I will show you. I will make you a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse, and all peoples of the earth will be blessed through you. You see, God called Abraham to walk by faith. He called him to step up and to do something even when he didn't know what it was. He didn't have the details. And you know what? I believe God still calls us today, and He doesn't always give us all the details. He is still calling people today to step out by faith and to do things for His honor and for His glory. And He doesn't always give us the details. We don't know what it means, where we're going to go, or how this is going to end, but He still calls us today. Now, the calling that we just read here from Abraham has some promises attached to it. It's called the Abrahamic covenant. And much of the book of Genesis you see is the story of Abraham and his family walking with God, although they sometimes made bad decisions. But When you get to the New Testament, as they looked back and talked about Abraham and his family, we we, we read in Hebrews 11, starting in verse 8, it says, By faith, Abraham, when called to go to a place he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. By faith, he made his home in the promised land like a stranger in a foreign country. He lived in tents, as did Isaac and Jacob, who were heirs with him of the same promise. For he was looking forward to the city with foundations, whose architect and builder is God. And by faith, even Sarah, who was past childbearing age, was enabled to bear children because she considered him faithful, who had made the promise. And so from this one man, and he as good as dead, came descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and as countless as the sand on the seashore." Abraham was a man of God. He was the father of faith, and it says that he was a friend of God. And he set example, a great example really for each one of us to follow in life. He obeyed God's word. You know, sometimes folks say, "Well, I wish God would speak to me today the way that God spoke to Abraham. I wish I could know God was speaking." Can I just show right here's how God speaks to you today? through his word. God's mouth is closed. God's mouth is open. If you want to hear from God, you need to read the word of God. Amen? Amen. You need to study the word of God. And you'll often find that as you read the word of God, as you pray, you'll find that the Holy Spirit of God causes something in scripture to jump up and, 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 and speak to you. You may find that the Holy Spirit of God puts a, a thought in your mind that's consistent with scripture. That's how I find that God speaks to me today, probably speaks to many of you the same way. The the key is is that when God speaks, you say yes. When God speaks, says go, you go. Even if you don't know how it's going to play out, what the downstream effects are going to be, you step out in faith and go. You follow the example of Abraham. I believe God is still choosing people. I believe God is still calling people. I believe God is still drawing people and he may be speaking to you today. Some of you, maybe God has been trying to get your attention. He's been calling you to do something. Maybe you've had your fingers in the ear. Maybe you've, you've heard but didn't want to hear. But I'm, I'm here to challenge you today that if you hear God speaking to you like he spoke to Abraham, step out by faith and say, yes, Lord. What do you want me to do? Where do you want me to go? How do you want me to behave? God, I'll do what you want me to do. Now, as we go back to our opening text, we see another characteristic of a man of God. And that's number two, a man of God leads his family well. Now, if you go back to verse 19, remember, this is the Lord speaking. He says, for I have chosen him who Abraham so that he will direct his children and his household after him to keep the way of the Lord by doing what is right and just. So did you did you notice that you you know why God chose Abraham here? In in the text it says so that so that what so that he will direct his children so that he will direct his household to do what to keep the way of the Lord to do what is right and just. Men, we need to embrace our responsibility for leading our families. We need to step into God's calling in our lives to lead our families. Well, just like Abraham did. Paul tells us in the New Testament, the book of Ephesians, uh, chapter 6, verse 4, it says, Fathers, do not uh, exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. Men, we're to bring our children up in the name of the Lord. We're to instruct them. We're not to outsource our responsibility for teaching and training our children, too often we delegate that responsibility to our wives or to the schools or to the youth pastor. Men, you need to stand up and you need to lead your family well. You need to be the primary instructor in your children's lives in partnership with your spouse to train and instruct your children. Absentee dads, fatherless homes have become an epidemic in our country, and the long term effects are devastating. It's just devastating. We, we, are, we have a, a, a whole segment of, of kids in society today that are so confused. Men, we need to stand up and we need to lead. A recent study conducted by the uh, University of Texas at Austin evaluated the importance of fathers' involvements in their kids' lives, and these are the statistics. Children who grow up with involved fathers are 39% more likely to earn A's in school, 45% less likely to repeat a grade, 60% less likely to be suspended or expelled from school, two times as likely to go to college and to find stable employment after high school, 75% less likely to have a teen birth, and 80% less likely to spend time in jail. Men, your children need you to be involved in their lives. You need to step into leadership. Step into that calling that God has in your life. I want to give you some very practical things that you can do to be a good father to your children today. And I think this is the, the first one is probably the most important one and that is this love your children's mother. Love your children's mother. Love your spouse Let your kids see that you love each other because that provides the security that they need to be able to blossom in life. They need to see the fact that you guys love each other, you care for each other, you set that example and it just brings peace to the home. Peace and assurance of security. Next, you need to spend time with your kids. How you spend your time really reflects what's important to you. And your kids need to recognize the fact that, that they are important in your life. And, uh, you know, it's so easy in this day and age to get wrapped up in work and, and uh, hobbies and other interests, uh, and it can send a message to our kids that they're not important when they should be of utmost importance. So spend time with your children. Third, discipline with a gentle spirit. Um. You know, that, that's part of what it means to teach your children, You know, to, to discipline them in love, a father's love. Uh, this isn't being mean. It isn't flying off the handle. It isn't, it, it isn't being hard-nosed. It isn't being harsh. And it, it, it's to teach. That's the whole point of discipline, is to educate, to train, to, to, to tell them why they shouldn't behave this way or do these things, to, to, to just let them know. You know, so, so do it more from a teacher's heart than an authoritarian's heart. So discipline of the gentle spirit. Fourth, be a role model. Be a role model to your kids. The best way to teach your kids values is to demonstrate those values in your own life. To show them the right way to handle certain circumstances. Teach them what's right and wrong by setting that model for what is Right and wrong. If you don't want them to cheat, then don't be a cheater. If you don't want them to steal, then don't steal from other people. You know, be an example that your kids can follow and they can say, listen, if I follow my dad's footsteps, I'm going to be okay. Next, teach the lessons of life. Far too many fa- for, for too many fathers, teaching uh, their kids is somebody else's responsibility. Um, but listen, it is your responsibility. It's so easy to hand it off to somebody else today. Uh, teach them right from wrong. They need to hear it from you. Tell them why they shouldn't do things. I talked about this a few weeks ago. Visualize your child's heart as a bank and you get to make moral deposits in their lives. And those morals and those values are what they will draw on as they get older in life. And if you fail to invest in them, if you fail to make deposits in their life, what do they have to draw on? You're letting other people, you're letting social media, you're letting teachers, you're letting other people make the deposits in their lives and they're the ones that are gonna influence them. This is a terrific response that we have as as dads and as parents to, to pour into our kids' lives. And so make sure that you do this. The next, eat together as a family. It's a sad day when the family dinner time has just disappeared. When families don't sit down together except on Thanksgiving Day or on Christmas Eve, but there is so much good that happens when families sit down. I don't care if it's breakfast, lunch, or dinner, or all three, but you sit down together and share a meal. Leave the phones off and just have conversation. Talk. You can, you can have some of the most fun conversations. You can laugh like crazy. You share stories. You get to listen. Dad, you get to listen. You, you can share. You can teach. The family mealtime is a wonderful, wonderful time. I'm going to be doing a whole series this fall on meals with Jesus. We're going to look at the times that Jesus sat down and ate with people and the incredible things that happened around the dinner table. So I'm just going to tell you now that this is something to to start doing. You say, well, you know, we don't do that. We just get our food and go in and sit down in the living room, or everybody just kind of eats on their own, or our pace is, we're all so different. We're all so busy. And you know, listen, make it a priority. You, You can do it if you want to. So I encourage you to do so. The next practical thing you can do to be a good dad and <clears throat> to really pour into your kids is to read to them. And, and often, I know mom is usually the primary one, it seems like, that reads to the kids. But dad, my challenge to you today is to sit down and read books to your kids. You know, let them see you reading. Let them see that reading is important to you. And so, you know, read with them. That's a wonderful, you've got them sitting on your lap, you're reading a book, and, and great conversations can come out of that. Uh, you, you can develop their creativity. I encourage you to, to you know, to get a, a, a book with Bible stories in it, and you can begin to teach your kids the Bible and God's Word right through, uh, right through your reading time there. So that's important. Next, show affection. Children long for a secure place in this fast-paced world, and they they need affection from their parents. Especially from the dad, a, you know, a hug from the dad, in uh, just a, a you know word of encouragement, uh, really does a lot to bring calm into a little child's life. When a dad just gives them a great big hug and said, "Hey, proud of you. You did a great job, uh, uh, May I, I just love to see the way you handled that situation." And and you know, just just really building confidence in them by letting them know that they're loved, they're cared for, and uh, you know, just just keep that. Just keep that going. And lastly, just realize that a father's job is never done. Um, You know, you're going to be dad for these kids for the rest of your life. So continue to model the behavior that they should follow. Continue to love and to continue to coach. And we saw in this video we showed just a few minutes ago, you know dad influences their kids at every stage of life, right? You know, when you're going through a tough time, you pick up the phone and you call dad, you know, my dad passed away in 2007. He had pancreatic cancer. It was father's day, uh, 2005. I just got done preaching. Uh, and this was a church, uh, a pastor down in Marco and uh, dad came to my office and we would usually sit down after, after, um, uh, uh, Sunday. And, you know, he was always involved in the church and, and uh, talk about what was going on. He's like, man, my back is just killing me and I just haven't been able to get comfort. I said, well, you know, sometimes it's more than back. You might wanna actually go to the doctor. You know, there may be something else going on. And so we went to the doctor and they found pancreatic cancer and he, he lived for 21 months after that diagnosis. But here's what I noticed for years afterwards. I'd be driving down the road and I'd grab my phone to call my dad, you know, to ask him a question, you know? it just became second nature i just i just you know thought oh i should see what dad you know oh yeah i can't do that anymore and there probably many of you have had that as well it just goes to show you that a dad's influence carries on for a long time and you know so dads and parents and grandparents you know don't don't miss that opportunity to really be involved in your kids lives Some of you say, Well, I'd love to, but I haven't talked to my kids in a long time, and there's been something, and somebody said something. Can I just say, Life is too short to carry grudges and to not forgive? Just be the bigger person, ask for forgiveness, reestablish the relationship, and try and repair any damage that's been done, and uh, reestablish that relationship, uh, you know, and be, be, be a father to your kids. So God commended Abraham because he was a man who directed his children and his household after him to keep the way of the Lord by doing what is right and just. So let's follow Abraham's uh, example and do that. So a man of God steps into his calling for his life. Secondly, a man of God leads his family well. And number three, a man of God leaves a legacy of blessing to his offspring. We go back to the same passage, chapter 18, verse 19, the book of Genesis. For I have chosen him so that he will direct his children and his household after him to keep the way of the Lord by doing what is right and just so that the Lord will bring about for Abraham what he has promised him. So here the Lord says, if Abraham does what he's supposed to do, then God will do for Abraham what God promised Abraham that he would do, which we know is fulfilling the Abrahamic covenant. God promised him that through Abraham he would bless the entire world if Abraham just walked by faith and trusted God. And as we saw in the book of Hebrews, Abraham did walk with God. He did obey God. He did live a life of faith and God did bless him. Can I challenge you with this thought? Men, God's plan for your life is probably much bigger than the vision you have for yourself. God's plan for your life is probably much bigger than the vision you have for yourself. I don't think Abraham had any idea what God was going to do through him and how God was going to use him to absolutely transform the world. And I think many times our vision of what God may want to do in our lives is far too small. God may want to use you to do something extraordinary. Abraham didn't get a chance to live long enough to see how his life impacted the whole world, but it did. God may have a plan for your life right now that greatly exceeds the small dreams that you have. You may not be able to say, well, preacher, You know, I mean, I I don't think God has any great plans for my life. I'm nothing special. Can I say everyone is fearfully and wonderfully made and God has a plan for every life, including your life, and God may want to use you to do something incredible. Don't sell yourself short. Don't give up. Don't say I'm too old or don't say I couldn't do it. Don't say I'm not smart enough. Don't say I can't do this, I can't do that. Can you just say, God, here I am. Do with me whatever you want to do. Just walk by faith and trust him. You may find that what God wants to do through you is to pour into a child and God may use your child to change the world. But it started because you were a great dad or a great granddad. God may do something two or three generations down the line from you that is so significant that it would blow your mind if you knew what God wanted to do. But it may all start by the fact that you take care of these little kids, that you're there to walk with your teenagers through challenging times, that you're there to say just the right word when your son as a young man is going through a challenge and you just give him that one piece of advice that changes everything. Father's job is never done. It doesn't end when you walk him down the aisle. It doesn't end when you drop him off at school. It never ends. You're always dad. So be an example of godly character all the way through your life. Not just when your kids are little. Let your kids and your grandkids see that you play by the rules, that God God and his word are important. Let them see the fact that you read the Bible, that you pray to God, not just on Sundays, but every day of the week. Set an example of faithful servants to the Lord. Let your kids and grandkids see that God's priorities are your priorities. Too many times we focus on being the fun dad or the fun granddad, which there's nothing wrong with that. But can you also at the same time be the godly father and the godly granddad that also sets an example for your kids? So that they not only remember that, oh man, he was a lot of fun, but man, he was a man of God. Dads don't make church optional. You make church optional and your kids are going to find the church is obsolete. It won't be long as so many, so many parents today are being drawn into the world and sports and 14 other things that compete for Sunday morning. And uh, there's a high risk that, you know, when when other things take priority, Hebrews 1024, 1025 tell us not to forsake the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is. We shouldn't do that. We need, to be in the, we need to be in God's house. We need to worship. We need to praise God. We need to learn. We need to hear from God. And Your kids and grandkids need to see that you set that example. Finally, let your kids and grandkids see that you take steps of faith. That you still attempt big things for God, that you're still willing to say yes to God even as you get older. Can I ask you, when was the last time you took a step of faith? When was the last time that you attempted something that required God's involvement or it wouldn't, or it wouldn't work, it wouldn't happen, it wouldn't come about? When was the last time you heard God speak to you and you said, Yes, I'll do it, yes, I'll go, yes, I'll give, yes, I'll be a part of that? When was the last time you, you took a step of faith for God? It was the last time you heard God's prompting in your life. But God is still calling people. God is still active in the world. God is still doing incredible things. Our kids and our grandkids need to see godly men who love God, who walk by faith, and who aren't afraid to risk it all for the glory of God. What they need to see are fathers who accept the call to be men of God. Amen? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, help us to be men of God today. Help us to be men of character and integrity. God, I pray for every man in this room. I pray for every father, every grandfather. God, that we would be an example like Abraham. Somebody who walked by faith, who trusted God, who leads his household well. God, may we be true men of God today. God, I pray for our kids and for our grandkids in these confusing and challenging times. God, may they see that there are still godly men who love Jesus, who walk by faith, who want to do what's right, who are willing to risk it all for the glory of God. So God, help us this week and help us to guard our families lord as we wrap up this series lord we've seen the importance of passing our faith on to the next generation god we've seen the challenges that we face in this world and we've looked at the different generations and uh, god just the challenges that they face and the difficulties it is in this day and age god we've looked at the importance of good communication and how to handle our finances well we've looked at the importance of a great marriage and and uh, now, God, about what it means to be a man of God. Uh, so, Lord, just help us to apply these things to our lives. God, I pray, if, I pray for these young families especially that they would connect together, they would get to know one another, they'd reach out to each other, and and come together and uh, help each other, encourage each other, and bless each other. God, because I can't think of a you know greater calling than that of being a dad, and that of being you know grandfather. And uh, God, so just help us. Help us, I pray, this week and throughout our lives to follow the example of Abraham and be a man of God. Lord, we love you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, on all God's people said, Amen. amen and amen. All right, gentlemen, don't forget to pick up your flashlight on your way out. Let's all stand as we sing our final song this morning.